Thank you. I'll just move that so we're not doing any product placement advertising or anything like that. Um, great. Well, happy Father's Day. And uh, so, good, uh, so good to be in church today. I just want to uh, mention on Father's Day a few things. Um, uh, one, uh, I don't know about any other fathers, but I'd kind of like a do-over for some of my fathering. I'd like another go. Anybody else? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I made quite a few mistakes. I got a few things right, but made quite a few mistakes, etc. And uh, I realize also on Father's Day, there are people who uh, never experienced a father. I didn't. I never knew my father. I never knew my dad. And I did meet him uh, very briefly. And um, he was quite offensive to me, actually. Um, at that. And so I, I, I realized that. But as Nathan's already said... Like Nathan said, I found great role models in church, in church. And I love the fact that church can be that for people. Well, you know, whatever it is, Mother's Day can be difficult for some, Father's Day can be difficult for others. And I really love that. And uh, what I would love you to do uh, this morning, I want you to welcome two of my sons who are going to come and help me talk this morning, Nathan and Sam. So why don't you give them a, a welcome as they come. And then you can take your seats. I'll let you, them get settled. And I'll just remind you of one thing. You, you, we've been... Uh, <laughs> uh, let's pray. Let us pray. That's a broken chair. I just wanted to remind you that next week uh, we've uh, got some of these uh, New Testament experience Bibles, four uh, Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And, uh, and we want to give these to every person who comes to church, makes a decision to follow Jesus. Also, people, every person who gets baptised, if they've not already had one, uh, through making that decision, we want to do that. And so next week, we're going to take up two offerings, or there's going to be two opportunities in the offering to give, because uh, we've been able to buy 500 of these for an incredible price. The recommended retail price is 15, but we've been able to buy them at three pounds. And uh, which is incredible, but uh, we uh, hadn't got any of that in our budget. So we want to just bless people. We want to give ourselves an opportunity, you know, and the chair you're sat on, you're sat on that chair because when we moved into this building, we totally ran out of money completely. And uh, we needed needed some chairs to sit on. Um, So uh, I know a church that's just opened, they've asked people to bring their own. So we didn't think we weren't that creative and we took an offering and I think what a great offering it would be for us to think about people who are coming to Jesus, going to be baptised in the future and we can do that. So just bear that in mind. Be prepared, as Nathan's already said, next week to come five people. I'm going to bless 10 people. I'm going to bless whatever God can put on your heart. Okay, so just wanted to remind you of that. So, hello boys. All right. How are you doing? Sam won the fight then. Do you need, they, I think they need microphones. Have they got microphones that they could have? That'd be great. Um, so, are you all right? I am. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. Happy Father's Day. Just copy it. We don't normally see you up here, Sam, do we? What, uh, what would you normally be doing at this point in the service? Um, sat through there. That's what Watching on the us. screen. Yeah. Recording. Putting it out on the internet, putting the stream out on the internet. Anyway, it's great. I thought we'd uh, talk today about three things. 
uh, a father does. And of course, there are also three things that a mother does or a parent uh, does. Uh, I thought we'd do that. But let me just ex- explain this first of all. Um, I have got um, a pint of beer because it's Father's Day. It's never too early. And, uh, <laughs> and I've also got a, a pie. And the reason I've got that is at the beginning of the year, somebody gave me the idea for a sermon. They said um, they'd been talking in their family and they came up with this phrase, a pastor in a pulpit with a pie in a pint. And I thought, oh, what a great sermon title. And so I, I thought, well, maybe I, you know, I'll do that sometime this year. I'll think, I'll think about that. And, um, and then I thought, I'll do it for Father's Day, a pastor in a pulpit with a pie in a pint. And so, and I told them last week, I'm going to do it next week, Father's Day. And I spent all day Monday, all day Tuesday, trying to think of how to preach a message on a pastor in a pulpit with a pie in a pint. So I've just got a pie in a pint and we're going to preach a different message this morning. (laughs) But I think I might have an illustration that I can use from it. So um, before we move on, let me turn to the scriptures. I want to turn to the scriptures because I just want to talk about three things uh, a father does and, uh, and talk to you about your experience. Nathan, you're a father now as well. Sam, you're yet to be a father, but you've had you a father. to announce? No. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to read, while I introduce the first thing a father does, it's De- from Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 5 to 7. And, uh, you know, this is uh, Deuteron- Deuteronomy 6, 5 to 7. These are the key scriptures, really, in the Jewish religion. They will pray these scriptures twice every day. The, what you're about to hear will be prayed twice every day. It's really at the heart of uh, what they say. And it says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. And I just want to say in verse 7, that word impress is often translated and mostly translated teach. These commandments I give you today, um, teach them to your children. So the first thing that a father does is, uh, well, one of the things a parent does is teach. Teach, seeks to teach their children. So I thought I'd ask you, Uh, What did I teach you? And uh, how did I teach you what I taught you, if I taught you anything? Um, And so let's start with that. What? What did I teach you? Um, You tried to teach us to drive, but you weren't quite calm enough for that. (laughs) Um, So If you hit that curb, Nathan, we will be over there and dead. (laughs) That was, yeah... But no, I think uh, one thing for me that you really taught me is um, the love and grace of God. That actually, um, in life, when I've made mistakes, and I've made a fair few, um, you know, you never held it over me, but it was kind of, right, where do we go from here? What's the next step? There's grace, there's forgiveness, and we move on, we move forward. You know, not that, you know, that stuff sometimes matters and it takes time, but we move on, we go forward, we still love, we can still do things, but, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's good. Thank you. And, And it's great when we do teach stuff to our children that reflects what our God is like to us. So, yeah, great. What about you, Nathan? Yeah, I think um, 
the big thing that like you've taught me is is loving obviously loving God but loving the church loving the church and um, that wasn't taught by saying you must love the church that was taught by an example by being an example and um, even though at times we um, probably didn't like it at times in terms of our phrases as a a house was whenever the doors of church were open we're there Mm. Um, even though at times we were like really you know but actually keep doing it keep that passion the consistency of it taught me the importance and a passion for the local church and uh, you know even as kids like we'd play church as kids and uh, you know um, did you play church with Joshua the preacher Josh was the preacher (laughs) what a story that is yeah 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 yeah, yeah. But it was it was the passion and the example of that. You know, I, I always think like of our house, like people think, oh, like we never sat down and did like a Bible study. We tried to. Do you remember? And Dad used to lead worship, <laughs> yes. and me and you laughed, and they sent us to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so we we're laughing at Dad on his acoustic guitar singing. Yeah. And we got sent to bed. So. <laughs> yeah. I thought about hiring Gavin to come and help, didn't I? Like, like it didn't work. Yeah. Um, I did try. If you're not going to take this seriously, go to bed. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So they did. Yeah. No, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's good. I, no, I remember you playing uh, church in the garage. You used to set the overhead projector up, the screen, because we used to, we were in a school at the time, so we used to take it home and then Josh. And I also remember... Josh had this, I don't know what happened to his entrepreneurial uh, ideas, but we kind of started um, uh, recording the messages on cassettes, if you can remember what cassettes were, and, uh, and then, then we would sell them very cheaply, just at the cost of producing them, so that if people wanted to take the message away, there was nothing like podcasts or streaming back in, the, in those days, if people wanted to take the message, in fact, people still bring me now um, you know, like old, well, not cassettes, they bring me CDs of old messages, you know, when they realise I'm preaching the same message again 15 <laughs> yeah. years on. <laughs> oh, I heard you preach that, and they bring me the CD. This happened to me the other week, actually. Um, but Josh decided, Josh decided that he, too, he came to me and he said, if I record some of my messages, would, uh, w- would I be able to sell them at church? He obviously saw some entrepreneurial thing. I said, well, let's start with you recording the messages. And my, my favourite was, I remember playing the first tape that he recorded. And on the tape, he's in his bedroom. I, he could only be, what, seven, eight? If that, maybe six. And he, he's recording. And he said, right, now I'm going to preach about revival. And, uh, and he's going, oh, he says, I'm going to preach about revival. I could preach about revival all day. I love talking about revival. I could talk about revival all day. Right, now I'm going to talk about something else. <laughs> uh, but I guess, again, it was that passion. Yeah, passion for change. yeah definitely. Anything else? Anything else you, you've... Uh, can think of or what, what I mean you've mentioned it all, already but how how yeah, did did we teach I mean I always wanted to teach I guess I wanted to teach those things you've said which is great and you, you weren't prompted and there's no notes about what you're to say but I always also wanted to teach you to love people 
and yeah. to respect people. Um, I don't know if, I mean, I wasn't that successful at teaching you to drive, but I don't know if I was successful at that. I, I think it was, um, I, I was even thinking uh, when you used to have leadership meetings at our house and we used to have to make the cups of tea. And, um, you know, like we thought it was a big deal, like eight cups of tea, like my life is going to take forever. Uh, you know, I've got my Sega job. Mega Drive upstairs and uh, I want to play on that. But um, I think what that taught is honouring people. Yeah. And, um, you know, even, even for me, it's like respecting those who are older, um, loving those people. You know, we'd, we'd always, and we'd spend a lot of time with Gavin and Jane, and, uh, you know, that was like family. And I think just those little things where you just got us, like, to serve. Yeah. It taught us more than I think you realise because actually in that moment of serving, I was learning something that later life, it had helped me massively. And, uh, you know, I think, oh, it's just cups of tea. Well, it wasn't just cups of tea. It taught me to serve yeah. and to honour people. And I think in, those, in that, that way, you taught us how to love people, honour people. And that wasn't just with the leaders. Like, anyone came around, we would be, you know, we'd have to make the cups of tea. Yeah. Because, yeah... So I didn't like doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you thought eight cups of tea. I don't want to do that. But yeah. I remember having the argument with Jeannie when we, she first wanted a dishwasher. I said, we've got three children. <laughs> uh, you know, but anyway. that, that Yeah, that, but she well, used to have to wash the pots after we'd washed them. Yeah, yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> Good. Anything else, Sam, you think of? No, I think nay. Said it all. Normally no. does. <laughs> Sorry, mate, you just got to the back room again. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Okay, what's, what about, let's move on to the second thing. The second thing, uh, I've used this scripture from Proverbs, which is train. So teach and train, and let me uh, identify the difference, but let me read the scripture first. Proverbs 22 and verse 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Or teach a child uh, in the way it should go, and when it's old, it will not depart from it. The idea of train um, uh, in, in this verse, it actually comes from the idea of making a bow, a bow and arrow. And, uh, and it, it, they talk about, they used to talk in the ancient world about training a bow. So that, and training a bow was, they would look for the wood that had the natural bend in it that had grown with a bend in it so that it was actually fit for purpose already. It was already prepared. And this, this verse actually picks up on that thought that talks about children, that all children are different. And, uh, you know, you've got another brother and, and you two are very different and you, all three of you have been different. But the idea of training a child is not to have this box that says, this children these children should all look the same or they should come out the same, etc. But it's trying to see what that natural shape is, what that natural passion is, where that inclination is. And you, you know, you've been passionate about some similar things, but passionate about different things in uh, many ways. So, so on that, with that thought, can you think of training or any other thoughts? Um, I think for me... Um, one of the big things was that this, like, church and things, you trained us that this is important. 
that there's a bigger meaning to it. And um, even in my life, when I was 17, 18, and I wavered a little bit, always in my head was that I should be in church, and church is good for me. But, you know, peer pressure got to me, and people around me that were in my life at that time got to me. But actually, in my heart of hearts, I knew that this was important. And that was just by you training us in the way of we go to church, that's what we do, that's where we are, and that's how our lives, that's how we live our lives. So, Great. Yeah. Oh, I guess my big passion as a kid was football, and so we'd spend a lot of time in the car. And I trained you, obviously. <laughs> you stopped playing football with me when I was five. Why was that? Because you could beat me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, we did have we did have a training pitch on our back garden. Yes, we did. We did. We had a uh, what was it like a summer house, child's child's playhouse, and uh, my cousin Mark used to come and because they had like um, like perspex perspex yeah. windows, and so that that would be target practice for the free kicks. And so cousin, our cousin Mark would come and fix the windows and we'd be like, as soon as he'd gone straight outside on the free kicks and all, all of that. Um, I thought that was a funny story then. And then responded. Um, I think if I'd have said it, they'd have laughed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just do this. Um, but my, my big passion was, was football. And uh, some of those car journeys were fun. Yeah. Um, you know, like, because, you know, passionate about it and you were passionate that I'd, I'd do my best. So they were fun. But I always remember, um, like, you'd ask questions. Like, you'd ask questions. What did you think? And even as I, I got older and playing football at a higher level, you'd ask questions. And, uh, you know, yeah, you'd share what you thought but more you'd ask questions so that I'd be able to come to an answer. And I think what, like, the way that's trained me, it's trained me to think mm. and to ask questions in life. And I think that's been really important for me on my journey in, in faith, in church, outside of church, uh, being a dad. It, it's helped me because I've learned to ask questions and learn to think because you'd ask questions and, um, you know, I'm always stunned by Jesus. Jesus asked loads of questions yeah. and kept asking questions. And like I want to, rather than like one of the things I want to do with Zion is rather than me just like giving my opinion and saying, you sh- I want to ask the question. And many times you'd ask leading questions so I'd get to a place of the answer that you were you know, kind of looking for, but that would train me to ask the right questions and ask the questions. So, yeah. One of the things I was aware of as a dad, obviously not have, I've not had a a father myself, so I didn't have that direct input, but I had some incredible role models in church and some people who took me into their world and their families, which I found very helpful. But I became aware that obviously, um, you know, when children are, children are young, they're completely dependent. But then as they grow, they begin to um, encounter life for themselves. 
And uh, the reason I decided to stick with this was, you know, think things like, you know, obviously you're getting into your teenage years and, you know, you're going out with your mates and, and things like that. I always wanted to feel that maybe um, I didn't just want to give a set of rules, but I wanted to equip you to be able to make good decisions over things like alcohol, over things like, you know, relationships, sex, and all of those kind of things, money. All, I wanted, and the challenges that you face in your life, knowing that every person faces stuff in their life that is, isn't good and can be unpleasant, I wanted to kind of prepare you more as a, you guys, I was aware that I wanted to just put stuff in you that would equip you to face yeah. those things. Can you think of any, I don't know, examples? We've Again, like we've not been through this, but any things that have really uh, stuck with you? Uh, like m- money. Yeah. So, and I was going to use this in the next one, but I'll, I'll, I'll combine the two. Um, but money, so like at 15, get a job. Like, I got a job. Like, well, before that, I had paper round, but I got a job. When I finished my A-levels, 18, if you're not going to uni, like, you need to get a full-time job. But within that was, you know, uh, pay rent. Uh, you know, you came with me to buy my first car. Yeah. All of that. And, and through all of that, through me seeing you deal with that, through me seeing you you know, helping me to do that helped me for later life, which we'll come on to, but it trained me for later life to live my life better and to be able to steward that. I, I think, like, it's massive because, like, in school, we, we don't teach anyone how to deal with money. Yeah. So, like, I think it's, it's huge. And so in, in that respect and in that aspect, I, like, as I was thinking... You taught me through that whole process of me having to do that. He didn't have to pay rent, so I'm due some back pay. Yeah. I was going to say, I, yeah. I always wanted to charge you all rent, but I'm pretty sure it never got paid in some instances. I, I always paid. Did you? Did yeah. you ever pay any? No. Oh, see, by the third child, you fail. You, like, <laughs> you start really, really, like, with the first child... You start so intentional, and then you, with the second child, you get a little leeway. When it comes to the third child, you're just like, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> what about you, Sam? I think um, you let us live. So you never told us, like, so I'm thinking when I turned 17, 18, and like, decided, oh, all my friends are going out, I'm going to go out. There were probably times where you felt like, I should probably say, no, don't do that. But you never did. You let us live. Um, and then when we something did go wrong or we felt like that wasn't the life we wanted to live, that's when you'd step in, put an arm around the shoulder and just love on us. And, you know, we'd be welcomed back with open arms. It's not like, well, no, you're done now. So, yeah. yeah. And I think through those moments, we always knew like you weren't happy with maybe the choice we were making. But it was never, you know... If Josh was here, yeah, he'd say yeah. he always you learn. knew. Yeah, he always knew. <laughs> Wouldn't he? But that's the thing, as a parent, you have to learn. Yeah. You learn and, uh, you know, 
Uh, I think that's a, a big thing. And There's a big do-over there. I'd, I'd like to do a lot of that again yeah. if I could. I think I would as well as a brother. Yeah. I think, yeah, but you learn through it. So when he faced his moment, we were better yeah. because we'd faced that moment with Josh and we'd learned from it. You know, like, and to put everyone at ease, like, our relationship with Josh now good. is good, strong. Yeah. Like, he... He's the only one who's given me a Father's Day present. <laughs> I haven't seen So you, yeah. far. Yeah, yeah. So far. Yeah. I know these have got it sorted. <laughs> they was dropping to Tesco on the way around to our house for lunch or something De- like that. De- Debbie was writing the cards last night, and she wrote, <laughs> Happy Birthday on your Father's Day card. <laughs> so we have got to drop into Tesco. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Good. Yeah, good. Um, well, a couple of other things. I won't talk too much about these and then we'll move on to the last thing. But I remember when you got banned from driving. Yeah. If, I, if I was to, like, my best two father moments, one would be when you got banned from driving and I remember the letter coming through, you had an accident which uh, unfortunately meant that you had to mount a curb, hit a pedestrian. They're all right, by the way. Um, and uh, but obviously that got reported, and uh, you got banned for a year from driving. I remember the letter coming through, and I remember sitting you on our bed, and uh, I might have even put my arm arm around you, although we don't do much of that for about three seconds. For about three seconds, and uh, just trying to encourage you that you know this is terrible at the moment, you know, because driving your car at that age was probably the most important thing after football. Um, but I remember putting my arm around you and just saying, look, you'll get through this, just ride it out, you'll be driving again, you know, and you'll pass you, because you had to retake your test, you'd passed first time, you had to retake your test, and then it took you two times, but actually you got through that, and then obviously, Sam, your first um, marriage, um, you know, didn't work out, but I remember, I think, in periods of that, there were, I would say, some of my best moments as a father, just putting my arm around your shoulder and just encouraging you to keep going and keep moving forward because I know you got really low in that season. Um, what about, I've got a question here, what about when kids push back? Can you, you know, like when there were things that you didn't want to do or stuff like that, I don't know. I got to me on our house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we pushed back a bit. I mean, I was... It's true, like, the, the older child seems to be the one who just, you know, kind of gets to that place. They just do as what they're told most of the time. Uh, the younger one gets away with everything, and then it's the middle one that... Rebels re- yeah. yeah, and that does seem to happen. And uh, Ben will testify to that as well. Um, <laughs> But I think, um, yeah, in moments of pushback, it, you never, like... So I'm not even thinking of church, like, because I think sometimes we face that pushback from kids, church, and all of that. And I, I think you never, like, said, oh, it's okay, you're like, don't go today. No, this is what we do. But then also, this is why we do it. Yeah. So it was never just, oh, a what, and... Uh, I have to, this is why we do it, and this is why we do it as a family. And even in moments when we didn't want to, you would be passionate enough for this is why we do this. And, um, yeah, you know, allowing us to have moments of pushback, but, like, you know, and, and sometimes that 
that did end up heated. Yeah. And then a few hours later became the yeah. better conversation. But yeah. 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 That's true. That's true. And that's like God, isn't it? It's yeah. just it's in the sense of God. Sometimes we push back against God because we don't realize God has our best interest at heart. Yeah. And, and we are imperfect fathers. So we sometimes have not got the best interest of the child at heart. You know, it's our own convenience. I would say, if again, looking back, I would say there were times it was just like my convenience. This is annoying me. This is getting on my nerves or I'm angry or something else. But with God, the perfect father, it's always because he's got our best interests at heart. Okay, the last thing is that a father prepares them to leave. Um, uh, you know, children are going to grow up. They're going to be going to become young men, young women. They're going to become adults themselves, and they're going to leave home. And in Matthew 19 and verse five, Jesus said this. He's quoting Genesis. He says, "For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife." So, my final sort of question is, um, uh, what's it been like me being a dad to grown-ups rather than to growing up? kids um i think you like set us up perfectly through our life because you made us very independent so as soon as we turned four you let us go with a petrol lawnmower <laughs> um, and got us cutting the grass um, is that true i don't think it was quite four maybe five <laughs> um and you used to point out when there were bits that were yeah, still long as well. Uh, but no, you did make us very independent so that we were self-sufficient, we'll just say. So that when that moment came of us leaving our mother and father, that we were set up well for it. So like, I think to, when I was in school, your mum would go away um, or you'd be speaking somewhere or whatever. Like, I'd be, what's, you know... I'm, I'm meant to sort my own food out and you'd say well there's stuff in the cupboards yeah so you know, go to your grandma's yeah go to my grandma's uh, <laughs> rustler burgers rustler burgers microchips smash 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 and meatballs <laughs> it's amazing well actually Sam's a good cook actually he's got a few recipes that he can cottage pie yeah rustle up yeah um, so yeah no I think yeah you just let us loose I think that's really important, though. Um, I wasn't—I didn't know you were going to say that, but you know, because we live in a in a generation of what's known as helicopter parenting, where kids aren't allowed to do anything without the parents are, are there watching, you know, and um, and that's not always preparing them to leave. And and some of the reports from university education is now saying that, that these kids are coming and, you know, like they are just not prepared for a life away from home. Um, yeah, go on. Yeah. No, I, like, I, I'd agree, agree with Sam and, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, like I would say, you never, you never sheltered us from real life as well. So, like, we didn't live on uh, the nicest estate and say there was a drug raid in the house over there We'd live across the road from, you know, a guy who unfortunately overdosed on drugs and died. And, like, I used to play football with him. So we didn't live on a nice estate, but it wasn't like, I'm going to shelter you, you've got to stay inside because, like, all of this is going off. 
it was like there there is this can you remember when we had the police snipers on the street yes the helicopters above yeah yeah, yeah. yeah all of that people with machetes wanting to chop people's legs off yeah, yeah. And that was Stavely, by the yeah. way. That was... <laughs> and when they were on the streets, we were just out playing as well. Um, but yeah, we didn't, we weren't sheltered. And I think uh, there's so many issues and so so much in society nowadays. We want to, we we do want to protect. Yeah, that's but actually, and that's a good thing, and that and that's a God thing because yeah. He protects us. But actually, we can't just shelter them away because eventually. <laughs> They're going to have to go there, and they're going to have to go out into that. And uh, you know, you know, I, I, I guess you wished at times. Oh, I wish we didn't live here when all that stuff was going off. Yeah. But actually, it meant we knew here's what life is like. Yeah. And then you know, as you get older, you go. That's why we need the church. Yeah. And why people need Jesus, because all of this rubbish is going yeah. off. And I've seen it, and that's why it's needed. Whereas if I'd been sheltered and just like, oh, shut in your bedroom and everything, then oh, why, why does the world need Jesus if it's just like me? Yeah. But actually, it helped me to realize that. Great. Well, we're going to pray in a sec, but yeah. any final comment before we get the band back? One final comment. I'll let you have it. Um, I think just going off what Nay just said, actually, um, is it set us up ready for the difficult decisions in life as well. Because we weren't sheltered and we didn't grow up on the nice of estates, like that meant in life there was difficult decisions that came our way at a young age. So there were people doing drugs, there were people drinking from young ages, and that meant that those questions or those temptations came to us early and they're difficult decisions when you see your peers doing it and you don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And so that made it easier when we got older that when a difficult decision comes that, you know, I can discern that or I can make that decision quickly because from a young age, I've been able to pull away and... Yeah. Yeah, and the the last thing I would say is make your home the safety and security for kids or for grandkids or whoever. So I never, so that stuff was happening around, but whenever I came home, it was like, no, we're not, you know, there was this safety and security of home. And uh, I think we can do that. But I also think we can create that place here. Yeah, for people like there's an epidemic of uh, kids who uh, no identity, no purpose. They're from broken homes, and you like it's a big discussion in government and places of authority because this is where all, a lot of the issues are coming out for young people. If we can play, create yeah. a place of safety and security yeah. where they've got great role models. Yeah. Whoever awesome. you are, whatever your age is, whether you're at yeah. 80 in this place, you can be a great role model for a 16-year-old. That's old. great. Whoever yeah. you are in this place, we can create safety and security where people feel like they belong. Yeah. And are loved. Well done. Yeah. And I, and I, I would just add to that that actually... People need fathers and mothers and, uh, you know, and, uh, and sometimes, like me, you don't get that in life, you know, and, uh, and yet you can find it. 
in the church. And uh, so dads, we are celebrating. Fathers, we're celebrating you today because you teach, you train, you prepare uh, your children for the uh, future. And you may be like me. You wish you could do some of it all over again. I'm thankful to these two because they could have looked me a lot Look, made me look a lot worse than that, and we didn't re- we didn't rehearse it. We'll see what happens in the eleven o'clock, uh, the eleven o'clock service. But why don't the worship team come back and why don't we stand? And I I just like to pray, pray for us on Father's Day, and we just want to celebrate fathers today and thank God for for fathers and their influence on our lives. So Lord, we thank you today. We thank you that you are our heavenly father. You are a perfect father. And even when we aren't perfect fathers, and even when we don't experience necessarily perfect fathers, we thank you. We can always look to you. We can refocus and we can come back to you. And we can see who you are. And I pray for every father in this place. I thank you for them. I thank you for their teaching, their training, their leading, their example, their preparing. I also thank you, as we've been saying, for every person here who's a role model to children and young people and others that come into this place and need that. I thank you for that. It's so necessary in our lives. And uh, I pray for each and every one of us today. I pray we'll have a great day with our families. I pray we'll enjoy all of that. But I also pray that you will, you will be the father who teaches us, who trains us, brings out that skill, that ability, that passion that you have put within us. And also, God, you'll be the one that prepares us. I thank you for prepares us for the future. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. I also want to give a shout out to Gunter, who's here. Gunter. Um, Last week in our United at Five service, we announced that in September we're going to be doing a London hub and while Gunter's getting married, I think next month to Amber, uh, or this month, yeah, this month to Amber, in a a few days he's getting married. (laughs) And uh, Gunter and Amber are going to lead a new venture for us in London, a London hub. We're experimenting, we're trying something out, so good on you, Gunter. And uh, we, I remember the very first day your family came into church and I felt a, a responsibility because you'd come from another nation, you'd come from another place. I felt a love for you and I felt a responsibility in my heart that I wanted to look after as best I can as a pastor, um, you, that, your family. And uh, I've been thrilled at seeing how you've flourished and grown and, and, uh, and now what you're up to and now the two boys are both getting married same year and uh, I'll not look at Liesl because I might embarrass her okay fantastic but thank you Gunter thank you for stepping out thank you for being faithful in this house and I believe for you there's great things there's great things great things ahead and I'm so excited about that anyway I'm waffling why don't we sing a little bit and then Nathan can close our service hey why don't give it up for Sam and Nathan just sharing with us